Welcome to the Should Have Backed It podcast. It was a lightning stakes that lived up to the hype. In a blockbuster finish, the world's best sprinter, Nature Strip, went down narrowly to Boom Colt and last year's dominant Coolmore winner, Home Affairs. To talk through all the weekend's racing action from Flemington and Rose Hill, I'm joined by Australia's number one tipster and News Corp racing editor, Chris Venuccio. Welcome, Big V. I want to get your view straight off the top, mate. Was Nature Strip a bit unlucky in the Lightning? Hello, Phil. Yes, I think Nature Strip was unlucky not to win the Lightning Stakes. In the in these thousand meter races, everything needs to go right from the start, and you know, getting bumped twice right out of the gates. I think you can. It's fair to say Nature Strip was a bit stiff not to win. Although there is, you know, some people are debating whether it would have cost him victory anyway, because Home Affairs also, you know, was leading, which was unsuited for him and you know he's probably better you know getting a sit behind a leader so you know there's some people debating that it did make a difference to the result but I think it did. Yeah I think particularly for a nature strip as well um, look if it was a get back horse and it missed a start or, or got interfered with at the start might not have had as big an impact but I think yeah it's a horse that likes to jump out bowl a long lead so it had to do that little bit of extra work at the at the start which I think probably did just cost it the nose at the end and even though you know it's it's it, uh missed the start big v at about the 200 i still expected nature strip just to go past home affairs yeah i thought um it was a great effort just to get as close as he did because i just thought you know the race is over for him because if nature strip's not leading he can you know just be run a race a bit fierce show no interest but it was a, a good ride by Jamie Carr to, to get him to settle and just get that sit behind home affairs. But when you miss the start and that thing and those things happen at the, you know, out of the barriers, you've got to try and get yourself in a position again in the run. And, you know, he's not running to his natural pattern. And so I thought it was a really good run. I'm keen to see him second up and I think he'll be on track again to win another TJ. It's a second up run where you just got to be a bit careful with him because you know, Chris Waller has used that to just get him to tighten up for his grand final, and that's where he's at. That's where he's most vulnerable, and we see that in his form guide that he does get you know beat second up. And um, so I'm I'm just gonna just watch him next time and really you know see how he's going for the TJ because it's going to be great to see him and Home Affairs again race, and that will be the race where it will happen. Yeah, and look, there was a few others that will be in that race as well, that race yesterday, mate. One of the better lightning fields in recent memory and a bit of an Everest rematch. A lot of the same horses that took on that big race in Sydney last year were there for the lightning. So a bit of a good thing for Flemington, I suppose, um, early in the season to have such a such a strong field. Um, but a few of those behind it, I mean, we had Guitras. It looks like it might just be in a little bit of trouble now. I'm not come back quite as well as we had hoped um, from its last injury and um, maybe a bit too sharp for Mask Crusader and I guess Eduardo was honest as usual. Yeah, with Eduardo, I'm surprised why they didn't lead with him and I know Home Affairs was the one that was sitting out in front but Eduardo's strength is, you know, just to roll along and try and get the other horses out of their comfort zone so a bit surprised by those tactics. Um, yeah, Guitra, when it had been well documented, that he hadn't been trialling very well. So I'm surprised that he was, you know, single figures 
for this race. And also, he didn't have a, a great spring as well, coming back from that long-term injury. So I am surprised by his price and that he didn't blow out into double figures. And I think the other horse you mentioned, Mask Crusader, I know a 1,000 was sharp for him, but I, I, was, I wanted to see him how he handled the straight. And I just, I think a bit inconclusive. I was expecting him to finish off a bit better as well in that last 50 to 100. He's, he's finished four lengths behind the first two. So don't know yet with Mask Crusader. I think we need to see him again. Yeah, and I reckon obviously Mars Crusader is going to be better as they get out a little bit further to twelve hundred and even thirteen hundred for Mars Crusader. So um, I certainly haven't sacked it on that run. I thought it was a really nice first up effort. As as you said, would have liked to see it just do a tiny bit more at the end. But when the uh, when you've got horses like Nature Strip and Home Affairs going, you know, neck and neck, I can see why it wasn't quite able just to to reel them in towards the end. So Mars Crusader for me isn't. A horse to follow necessarily, but I'll certainly be keeping a good eye on it because I think as they get out to twelve hundred, it's one to to really take a good look at. Now, just on um, Home Affairs, Big V, you mentioned J Mac and Jamie Carr on the respective horses. There, we've seen J Mac jump off Nature Strip, so are we we suggesting he's made the right call. Well, he he has because he's won the race, <laughs> despite how close it is. But I think um, a lot of that had to do with, you know, Home Affairs potentially going overseas. So he just wants to, you know, stay on the horse and, you know, be able to, you know, combine with him if they end up going to Royal Ascot. So he's been vindicated by the decision by winning. So I think that should have been a bit of a a hint as well because I wasn't sure how well that three-year-old Coolmore form would stack up against the older horses, although he won by five lengths in that race. Uh, You just want to see the three-year-olds do it against the older horses in the autumn because, you know, sometimes I've seen three-year-olds be strong in the spring and then they go backwards when it comes to the autumn time. So when you look at the market, he's paid, he's blown it, he's... E, uh, yeah, ease to 750. I thought with that JMAC decision, you might have seen Home Affairs be more around that $5 mark, even maybe you know, 460 but he's gone out instead. Yeah, well, I think one of the things we did get with that race, Big V, was a good price around any horse you wanted to follow in, probably outside of Nature Strip, of course, which was always going to start a short favourite. But you were getting some decent odds if you did like a horse or you were following a horse into to that particular race. And another race on the day, the CSA's Big V, I know it was a good one for you with Pinstripe making it three from three and just filling up your bank balance. Yeah, I was a bit concerned that he was drifting out in price and his, his starting price is officially 550, but I think with the scratching of lightsaber at the barrier, it's, it was around that 480, but I think he even got out to $6 right at the pointy end of betting. And I just thought he just looked well suited to this race because you got, you know, opposition that were first up. With Lightsaber, he was well back into favouritism. But I don't like horses when they where, where they go off their plan. He missed the start in the, the all stakes and this wasn't part of the program. So I'm always a bit wary of that. I thought Captivant, if you look at his, his record, I think he's, he was unplaced second up. So this is the first time he's, he's finished in the money in a second up run. So I've ruled him out a little bit, although he, he does have the class. Um, 
Pashero, I gave some chance to. He's ended up he's ended up holding on to second, but I just like Pinstripe better. Forgot you was first up. Big run by him, but I think he was entitled to do that when he was last in the run. And Zethus, that's run fifth. Well, this is his first time at the 1400. His form prior to his first up run was around that 1100 metre mark. So that just left me with pinstripe for this race. And I was surprised and getting a bit worried when he kept on easing because he was, a I think in the morning, he was 340. So he's gone from 340 out to $6 just before they've jumped. Yeah, well, Big V, it looks like you've uh, analysed it pretty well on that one because you've uh, managed to pick out a pretty nice priced winner there in pinstriped but um, I guess we'll never know about lightsaber I know you just potted it then but uh, I guess if you're getting scratched at the barriers um, it did get a lot of support late it was that horse that probably pushed the price of pinstriped out a little bit uh, into around the four dollar mark but I guess we'll never know I wasn't so much potting lightsaber it's just these afterthought runs around last week the plan was you know to run in your miss the start but it still had I mean it wasn't really pushed out hard but it still had that run and then it's backing up when it wasn't part of the plan to do so so I just I don't like backing horses when they have those type of setbacks this is the going to be the lead up run to the Australian Guineas Captain Vaughn I thought would be the one I'm going to follow out of this because he does improve once he gets to his third up fourth up run and we saw that in the Caulfield Guineas last spring but when you look at that last 50 metres, I thought Pinstripe was just running away from Captivant. So I'm just in a bit in a two minds whether I stick with Pinstripe for the Australian Guineas or you look at what Captivant can do and whether that he just lost a bit of conditioning maybe in that last 50 or 100 and that would get him spot on for the Guineas. And with, the, with Team Snowden, they know how to get their horses fit and at their peak for the grand finals. Yeah, well, it's funny you meant Captive Aunt. That's actually the horse I had a little nibble on, Big V. Just like the price about a horse that I thought was a had, had, had the class edge over that field, I had thought. But I think you're right, on to bigger and better things for it. And they would have been pretty happy, I think, with that third. And I was watching it closely, and I saw it was actually with Pinstripe in the running. And, yeah, when they when they were asked to, to, to really let down... Pinstripe was able to put a couple on Cup Devant very quickly. So, yeah, we'll see how they go moving forward. And, yeah, that run, I think, will have only done good things for, for Cap Devant. Uh, over there in Sydney, Big V, I know that you were interested to see how Animo went around second up after it was just narrowly defeated first up on that, uh, I guess, bias track up there in Sydney, Big V. But uh, in the Hobartville there, um, $1.70 favourite, just got there on the line from a fast-finishing halal. Yeah, it's sort of similar to the spring when he, he missed out in the Golden Rose to um, in the Congo. This time around, he, he's won it, second up 1,400. So I think he's going to be really hard to beat in the, the Randwick Guineas now, which I think is on the same day as the Australian Guineas. But I think he's odds on again for the, for the Randwick Guineas, and I don't think that there, there's going to be much between you know, Animo and Halal and Converge. So it's just whether you want to, you know, take odds on again. But I just think third up 1,600, he's just going to improve again. Whereas, you know, like he did in the spring where from the Golden Rose to the Caulfield Guineas, he just really elevated. Similar here, this time he's got the money, but I think he can, he's the one that can really elevate. 
Halal looks a good horse. I think he's a horse to follow, but he's going to come up against Animo again. So hopefully there might be a race later on in the autumn for Halal and Converge. I expect him to run in the Randwick Guineas, but last or during the week, I think it was still you know, undecided or still a possibility that he can come down for the Australian Guinea. So if he comes down to Melbourne, then that might change my my thought process for that race as well because I thought Converge was excellent as well. Well, mate, if that field was ever going to beat Animo, it was going to be on the weekend uh, at the 1400 and... Uh, look, if you like the horse, which a lot of us do, and we, we saw it almost win the Cox Plate last year, so it's got a lot of admirers, I don't think you're going to get a very good price moving forward, no matter what the race is. So no, that... I, think, I think out of this race as well, only Halal and Converge can give it you know, some sort of worries in the round with Guineas. I don't think anything behind them maybe might be a threat at the 1600. You know, maybe, maybe the horse like Maurice's Madab, you know, could possibly improve a little bit more as well, but I don't think he's up to Animo's class. So I think only the top three, and it's just whether there's something that comes from another form line into that round with Guinea. So I don't think anything else outside that the first three can can win the round with Guineas or, well, be, or, be, a, or be a factor. Well, and we saw track bias beat Animo first up, and... I wonder if that's something that can beat Animo. But I, I did notice that he jumped well yesterday and actually sat a lot more handy than usual up in fourth where you'd usually expect Animo to sit back. I wonder if they were just doing a little bit of a test to see how, how it goes a little bit closer to the pace just in case they are faced with a similar sort of track when they are at, during the round with guineas. Yeah, I think come um, grand final time, I think I expect him to settle a little bit further back in the run. So I, I thought... I mean, you've met, you made that, you know, you brought that point up. So I thought that just adds extra merit as well to Animo, just being a little bit closer than what he's used to. And I think he can be more explosive just sitting back just a, a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Now, Big V, we'll head back to Flemington there for a couple of our should have sacked it for the week. And I'll start with the first there in race two. And look, to be honest, I didn't back it. But um, at the same time, I think it was a should have sacked it because it started $1.65. And, yeah, just way unders, I thought, Tuvalu. Yeah, I pulled up with a slow recovery in the stewards' report as well, and I did hear that he went to the hospital after the races as well, so maybe it might come out. That can't that help. There might be something that might not be right with Tuvalu. But Gentleman Roy, he, he was fit, in-form horse. Yeah, he was going to give Tuvalu... Well, Tuvalu wasn't going to get the run in his favour up front with Gentleman Roy... And, you know, big differential between the price. But I, I had two blue on top. I thought, I think he's a class horse. Maybe things might not be right on the day. And when you get these really short odds on horses, they're, they're pretty hard to take on. But I think when it gets to too short, you just stay and just, it's just a stay and watch type thing. Yeah, I think it's a decent lesson for punters there around those sort of odds on prices. A two dollar if it's a two dollar pop, um, you know it's got to win fifty percent of the time before you even start talking about profit. So, when it's a dollar sixty, a dollar seventy, you really want to be super confident it's going to win. And I just don't know how anyone could have been um, around Tuvalu. Did have the setback, the uh, start before it was scratched, and yeah, I was surprised it was so heavily backed uh, yesterday. But look, uh, it'll be a good horse. Hopefully, it 
is okay and it's going to be able to race again and, and no issues there. Um, I wasn't aware that it ended up in the in, at the vet, but uh, yeah, moving forward, uh, I wouldn't mind just having another look at Tuvalu um, if I'm going to take a short price, that's for sure. But speaking of short prices, Big V, and uh, staying at Flemington, the last race there down the straight, um, the garden was your should have sacked it for the week. No, I think um, no, the other way around, Rose Quartz was my should have backed it. But we can um, talk about that race. I had, I, I was keen on the garden because I was coming out of the same race and I just thought the garden had more upside to Rose Quartz from their first up run. But I did think that the price differential between the two was a bit wider than what it should be. You know, they, there was not much between them first up. I was I couldn't understand why the garden didn't lead, and I just I, I just thought things weren't weren't looking very good when he was pull when she was pulling, and I I just um, I think the race was handed to Rose Court. She was able to control the race, and she just had a better sprint than the garden. But uh, the reason why I made Rose Quartz when I should have backed it is she had that straight track form. You know, these straight races, they're a different race shape to when they go around the bend. And, you know, that's, that did sort of play on my mind a little bit, but I was just pretty firm on the garden. And, you know, maybe I should have just gone with the... I think that's the, the lesson to take out. If they've got that straight track form compared to horses that are seeing the straight for the first time, maybe... We just go with the, the horse that that does have that experience. Yeah, apologies for that, Big V. Yeah, so Rose Court was your should have backed it, and I'm anointing the garden as your should have sacked it uh, on your behalf. Um, apologies for that. But the reason I wanted to talk about Rose Court um, was also because now we'll move along to our horses to follow, and definitely I think one to follow down the straight, as you mentioned, Rose Court. That was a blistering turn of pace, um, you know, off, off a leading off a lead as well. Looks a pretty serious horse if you can get it down the straight. And I think it's probably just a touch better than benchmark grade um, as it was in yesterday. So certainly Rose Court for me is a horse to follow. Another one that I wouldn't mind following around the benchmark races or perhaps a little bit better was in the third there at Flemington with Groovy Kind of Love. Um, look, was ridden back there um, alongside the eventual winner, Jonsson. Look, it was all over the shop. Uh, it was head up in the air, didn't want to be there, had to be really encouraged to to, to get going um, in the back straight. But boy, didn't it have a blistering finish and really a bit unlucky not to win it in the end. So did a lot wrong, came back and almost got the got the chocolate. So Groovy kind of loves another one that I think is worth following. But Big V, I think the listeners are all keen to hear what you're following moving forward. I really like the run of Mr Brightside in the Elms. Just got pocketed at the top of the straight behind, uh, I think it was, behind Elephant and also had Grand Slam just holding him in that pocket as well. I thought he, he finished really strongly. He drew wide, settled further back than... Oh, uh, he settled back. I thought I sort of expected that being first up. I didn't think they were going to really push him. But I, I don't think he, he's going to win a, a race like an all-star mile, but maybe they might find a good race for him second up. To, to go and win before the All-Star Mile. And I thought Barb Raider came back really well, winning first up. I thought she won pretty convincingly. And, you know, maybe not for the... If they go to the Australian Guineas with her, you know, maybe she might find it tough to beat the boys. So I'll be interested to see whether they stick to, you know, Phillies 
Billy's race with Barb Raider. Couple of great ones to follow in there, Big V. And I noticed Mr. Brightside. We didn't mention the All Star Mile at all, but I uh, noticed it got itself into the All Star Mile field as well. So, uh, will you be following it there? No, not in the All Star Mile. I think um, at Wait for Age, you're looking at you know horses like Zaki and I'm Thunderstruck. But there was four. It was interesting that there was four horses in the Elms in the All Star Mile. Mr. Brightside. Uh, Elephant, Regalo, Di Gatano, and King Magnus. I thought, uh, with the exception of Regalo, Di Gatano, I thought he was a little bit disappointing. I thought the other three ran really, really well. Uh, Elephant and King Magnus, they can win this prep in the right race. But I think out of that, Mr. Brightside is the one where I think next start, you know, if they if they find a suitable race for him, he can be winning because he looks a good talent. Nearly won the the Cantala last spring. I think, um, yeah, he's, he's the one out of that race. You've just mentioned a number of the horses that were selected in that top 10 for the All-Star Mile, Big V. I know it's all done on voting, so it's not really um, in, in any individual's control, but what did you sort of make of that top 10 field? Yeah, I think the what's going to be fascinating over the next couple of weeks is how many how many of that top 10 won't be in the All-Star Mile. And I know that Racing Victoria bring up the connections to make sure that they're going to go through to the All-Star Mile. And, and I just, I'm not expecting Very Elegant and Espiona to, to go there. So you've got two spots there. They're going to be changed. Behemoth has been ruled out. And I think that's more to do... Um, maybe through injury. And I think um, there's another horse in that top four or that top ten that might be doubtful as well. So I think we're looking up up to four changes from that initial top ten. So it's uh, it might be just one of those, maybe the, the exception this year, but that we're going to have a really different top ten. We already had Probabil come out beforehand. Um, before the top ten was announced, Probabil was in there. And they had to make that that change with King Magnus sneaking in. So it's going to be. I think um, this might be an All Star Mile where it's going to be a very long tail. And if I think if Zaki returns near his best first up, I think it just might be just a it might be a two horse race between him and I'm Thunderstruck. Yeah. Look, and one of the reasons I asked you, Big V, is I did think the field just looked that touch bit weaker than previous editions. And I know we've got a number of horses still to come in, but yeah, with the likes of very elegant and a couple others looking like they won't be racing. Yeah. I thought it was looking pretty thin. Um, I'm happy to hear you think Zaki's a good chance though, mate, because uh, I might just have it in a sneaky little all up futures multi. So um, looking forward to it running hopefully and not having any issues like it did prior to the Cox plate and, and hopefully getting the job done. But um, speaking of futures, we want to look ahead just briefly, Big V, to next week's big Blue Diamond meeting there at Caulfield. And I guess straight off the top, mate, um, we spoke about the Blue Diamond being an open edition this year, and certainly the betting is consistent with that. Are there any changes to your thoughts at this early stage around who you might think will win the race? Not really. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be betting in the race. I think it's just one of those... Um, it's going to be one of those situations where... It comes down to barriers, luck in running. You know, Jack and I, I don't know what to make of 
of his run. He missed the start on the rail, got held up. You know, you just you want to back a two-year-old where you, you don't know what you're going to get out of the gates. I think at the moment, I think Lofty Strike, I think Lofty Strike looks like he'll run out to 1,200 and he's the second favourite. Yeah, it's still pretty tough this this far out, isn't it, Big V? I don't think much has changed, obviously. No no races over the weekend that would really impact no, the Blue Diamond. So. No, nothing, nothing from the talent that looks like um, will come into the Blue Diamond and give it a shake. The, the winner might not even go to the Blue Diamond. I'm loving you. So, uh, yeah, I think the talent that we can put a line through that form. Yeah. Uh, another big race on the day will be the Oakley, the Oakley Plate there, Big V. And... Um, Marabi, the $2.50 favourite at the moment. I see Home Affairs is in the market too at $10. Um, Wild Ruler, Minhaj, Palali. Any uh, any early thoughts around that race? I do like Marabi. He, 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 she has shown that she can handle high pressure. She's done that in her last two starts. Even though... And you know, I know that this is going to be an 18-horse field, so whether that brings up even you know more pressure in the race. But she's handled it. Um, I just think hold off at the moment. I think maybe 240, 250 is a bit short and just wait till final field. I mean, you think 18 horses, how you know, how tight can they get her to? So we'll just wait and see. I mean, she's got some good opposition, Kulele, Minaj, Wild Ruler. You know, they're, they're some good quality there. Maybe Generation as well, but Generation, I think, is going back from 12 to 1,100. Um, actually, I don't think Generation will go there. I don't think they'll, they'll set it against the stable, mate. But I'll just wait till final fields and hopefully maybe you can get closer to that $3 mark, maybe you know, the 280 price. Yeah, I think uh, the price might dictate there, Big V. I think you're right. I mean, $2.50 is way too short at this stage. I don't mind a little bit of a look at Wild Ruler there at $11 just quietly. That's uh, that's quite a nice price for it, obviously. Uh, and I think Wild the other Bond one horse. looks... Oh, sorry, I think the other one that looks over is his Oxley Road around that $21 mark. Ran well first up, wrong part of the track when the, the rail was off at Caulfield there. I think um, I think he'll go, you know, can run, finish top five. So, yeah, that's, an, that's um, one there that I think looks looks overs. Yeah, look, it couldn't even beat a benchmark 70 horse last week, Big V. But um, we'll move on now to the Futurity. And we've got Tefane as the favourite after its dominant win last week there at $3.50. I'm Thunderstruck, $3.80. And Mwunga back there at $6 as well. You know, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good field this year. It does. No reason to jump off Tefane if you if you backed her first up. She won, you know, pretty emphatically as as well, you know where she's going to be in the run. You know, probably not going there also takes out one of one of her dangers. I'm thunderstruck. Maybe might be unders at the moment. I, I think yeah, with the All Star Bowl being the goal, maybe he might need another run as well. He won't be at his peak. You wouldn't you wouldn't have thought. Whereas Tefani, Tefani might get into the All Star Bowl because Lighthouse was the other horse that is doubtful as well, but Tefani would need to win the Futurity to make sure that she gets into the All-Star mile field. Well, there's, there's two things I know about Tefani, Big V. When she's favourite, she doesn't win, and when you back her, she doesn't win. So I'll just be watching you very closely on the weekend, and if you get onto her, I'll be uh, looking elsewhere. 
Um, but hopefully um, we'll have plenty of money in the kitty and we'll be able to uh, have a crack at the Chipping Norton, which is over 1,600 and will also feature some of those horses we mentioned around the All-Star Mile, including Zaki there, who's currently $5, um, Colette $6, but the favourite, of course, after its dominant win up there in Sydney is Think It Over. Yeah, I thought Think It Over... Well, this time, think it over is not uh, under the not flying under the radar. This time, around that two eighty three dollar mark. After his first up win, very elegant was still favoured for the Chipping Norton, and although very elegant did run well, I think that she's still got a bit more fitness to come. Whereas think it over looks like he can improve off that first up win, and he did brain them pretty much first up. So I'm keen to. Stay with him. Um, the market I'm looking at doesn't have Zaki, so I'm not sure if Zaki is going elsewhere first up. Uh, it's got Zaki at $6 here. I think there's a lot of crossover, obviously, between the Futurity and the Chippy Norton as well and a couple other races that might be possibilities. So, look, um, I think it's kind of the one that we might just have to wait to the final field before unleashing on our Twitter handle there at, at Should Have Backed It. But uh, at least good to look at some of the early uh, options there, Big V. Yeah, it is. I think um, sometimes it can be a dan- it can be dangerous having a look at these all-in markets and also having a betting to them. I think we've mentioned it on many podcasts before. Sometimes you get better prices on the day, and you know, it's when when they get these all-in markets come out on Monday, just be very careful because you're not getting great value percentage percentage wise compared to when they when the full final fields come out. So I think Think It Over is a bit tight at 280 Even at the $3, I'm not sure why people are backing it at $3. I'll wait till the final field and hopefully get a better price. Yeah, absolutely, Big V. Um, I know you'll be uh, looking very closely on Wednesday uh, at the prices and uh, seeing if you can get on some early value there. But, well, thanks, Big V. Um, that wraps up our big Lightning Stakes edition of the Shooter Back to podcast. Uh, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up, Big V? Oh, not so much. I think it's going to be a great day out at Caulfield. It'll be interesting to see the, the fields come out for the Group 1s. And, yeah, really... Oh, look, I'm, I am looking forward to Marabi in the Oakley Plate. I think she she wins that race. But I'm hoping that we can get a, a better price. I'm not going to back her if she's close to the $2 mark. I want to see, you know, her price somewhere closer to $3 for me to entertain her. But I think she's going to be hard to beat. Sounds like that might be the first leg of our two-leg Big V multi next week, Big V, which listeners can go and access at our at Should Have Backed It Twitter handle. But thanks, Big V. Appreciate your uh, your time and your input there. And thanks to all our listeners and uh, to everyone. Good luck on the punt.